good morning, saints. I had, well, I kind of had, a different message. Yeah, kind of had a different message, and um, I'd I'd really been burdened to to teach on it, to preach on it. It's Colossians three, the end of Colossians three, and it's about slaves and masters. And the application for our day is kind of the employee employer relationship. Most Christians go to work. Most Christians go to work every day, uh, the great majority of Christians, and I really was hoping to give um, some helps in that direction. The burden of Paul's message in that passage, uh, passage is, it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So the essence of being a Christian at work is not necessarily, your value of, of being a Christian at work is not necessarily tied to how much you're able to witness on the job, which is a whole talk in itself, and not necessarily related to how many coffee breaks you get and whether or not you can read your Bible during that time. The actual work itself has value. The actual work itself, the doing of the job, has value in the sight of the Lord. And Paul puts a blanket statement up about three times in four verses saying, you're serving Christ when you serve your master. But I'm not going to preach that sermon. <laughs> I wanted to. Um, it just it didn't seem right. And so I switched to another one. I started looking at some... I preached through the Beatitude series down in Columbia. And um, I had been thinking some about blessed are those who mourn. And that message was a help to me, just thinking through those things. But that wasn't it either. And in kind of the last hour, the Lord gave me a different text... And one that is really helping me. It's real to me at the moment. And that's, that's why I'm preaching it. It's real to me. And so if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. We're only going to focus in actually on one verse. But we'll, we'll read a little bit to get some context here. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's start in verse 1. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom re remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. And it's that last verse that I want us to look at. That last verse, by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. So let's pray one more time here this morning. Father, we thank You so much for Your grace. Lord, And we confess, um, especially we that are Christians, every day of my life I can see a little more of what was accomplished by the Lord. Every day of my life I feel a little more of what it means that justice has been completely satisfied and that we live in the realm of grace. Father, we thank You for that. We thank You so much for that reality. And this morning, we want to lift up the cup like the psalmist did and ask for more. Lord, more grace. More grace this morning. More grace to see truth. More grace to not just see it with our eyes, but to feel it in our hearts and for it to affect our lives. Lord, we want to be what You've made us. Help us, God. Help us this morning. Please give grace. I I pray, Lord, You would strengthen the weak. Lord, I pray You would encourage the faint-hearted. Lord, that You would rebuke the unruly and that Your kingdom would come. We ask for Your Holy Spirit in Christ's name. Amen. Paul is talking here in in this section. He's talking about the gospel. And he's talking about the position that he found himself in. Specifically in the, in the last part of this section here, in verse 10, the, the, verses, the verse that we're going to be looking at, he is answering the question as to how someone so undeserving would find themselves in the position that he, that he was in. Why is it that he was given this task to be an apostle? How is it that he found himself with the ability to preach and teach the gospel? He saw the Lord Jesus Christ and he's given these gifts to preach and teach the gospel even though he's undeserving. And the single word answer that Paul gives to all of this is grace. Grace. Paul's answer about his basic situation in life as to why you see everything that you see in him is grace. Grace. There are some very specific things that are being taught in this verse, but what I want to do is just to try and bring out some very general principles from this text. Just some some general kind of high-level principles. This text helps anyone who at times has struggled to feel like they just don't have much to offer. I think this text addresses that question. People who just feel, you know, you've struggled from time to time. You think about meetings. You think about the other saints. You look at your relation to other saints. And you just feel like, I just don't know that I have very much to offer. You see other Christians around you with differing gifts and abilities and subtly the thought can start to creep in. What they have is different from what I have, so what I have doesn't matter. Their gifts seem more prominent. Their abilities are more pronounced and more precise. And so what I have doesn't seem to affect things very much. And if you're not careful and you let that kind of line of thinking continue pretty soon you're going to be wondering if you should even show up at all. 
Does it matter if I show up? Does it matter if I'm at the prayer meeting? I mean, really, does it matter? Does it matter if I'm at small group? I mean, is it, is it really going to make that big of a difference if I don't go to small group? Or if I'm not entering into the life of church? I don't quite have what they have. My, you know, maybe they have different abilities in some areas. Do, do I personally, as a Christian, matter to the body of Christ around me? I think Paul, Paul's talking about here. It can also partly be a rebuke to anyone who isn't doing what they can to serve others. So it's not just for people who've got a theological problem of how do gifts work in the body of Christ. It can be a rebuke if you haven't been being all that you can just from sheer getting caught up with things in the world. So there's a lot going on here, but Paul addresses kind of this general principle and this kind of general heading of things about the Christian's place in the body and does each individual Christian matter? Do you matter in the body of Christ? And he does it under three headings. And we'll look at these. Number one, you only need to be what you are. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Number two, but you do need to be what you are. Yet not I, um, no, and his grace did towards me did not prove vain, but I labored. He was what he was. And number three, you will be what you are by the grace of God. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. So this, let's look at these. Number one, you only need to be what you are. You don't need to be what you aren't. You need to be what you are. And that is all that you need to be. And you need to realize this. The dominating factor in every Christian's life, without exception, every single Christian, if you belong to the Lord Jesus, the dominating factor that has shaped your lives in terms of gifts and abilities and just your general situation is the grace of God. The grace of God. You either believe that or you don't. You either believe that God is in control of everything and that He's good and wise. He knows how to order the universe and He can, in fact, order the universe. And He's working all things to your good and grace is dominating your life. Or you believe that there's some other factor that can get in there and affect things. And it really, really affects your life and your mindset uh, Mindset according to which one of those positions you hold, do you believe that the dominating factor in your life in terms of what has made you the way you are, in terms of your abilities, what you can do, what you can't do, in terms of your gifts, in terms of your general situation, do you believe it is a God who loves you and knows exactly what He is doing? The grace, the grace of God. Um, that's just Romans. Listen to this. You don't have to turn there. Romans twelve six. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Now that that's amazing. That that is so liberating. It doesn't say since we have gifts that differ according to who studied theology more. We have gifts that differ according to who has more time to be doing this sort of thing. 
We have gifts that differ according to our past or whether or not we've been to school or whether or not we've been around this certain group of people for a long time or whether or not we've had time to develop certain things. No. The basic kernel of what you are in terms of gift and abilities according to the Apostle Paul is the grace of God. The grace of God. That's very important. You've been given some gifts, you haven't been given others. You've been given some abilities and you haven't been given others. And again, the reason is because of grace. So what's the application here? You don't need to look around and see other people that have different gifts and abilities than you and let that get you down and let that hinder you from being what you are. You don't need to compare yourself with other people. That is the last thing you do in the body of Christ. Because with God, there is tremendous diversity. Tremendous diversity. There are no two single Christians alike in the universe living today or that have ever lived that are exactly the same. Exactly the same. Because God does things so differently. Now, we would have done that. We would have made things a little bit more uniform and we would have kind of stacked the deck with certain gifts and maybe not had as many other gifts, but God is so much wiser than we are. So much wiser than we are. And the reason that it is, the reason that we are what we are, again, is by the grace of God. And the reason why I'm hammering this so much this morning is, I confess it's been one of the struggles in my life. It's been one of the struggles in my life. If I just had that, if I could just get that ability, if I could just have that knowledge, if I see this brother, I see this sister, they do this so well, if I could just do that, I could really serve the Lord. Yet at the end of the day, that's not it. That's not it. Here's the reality. God has given you And God has put in you exactly what God wants to get out of you. God has put in you exactly what He wants to get out of you. No more, no less. So it's very important. Number one, you only need to be what you are. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You don't need to be trying to be someone else. Grace has made you exactly what what God wants, exactly what God wants. Number two, but you do need to be who you are. You do need to be who you are. You may hear the first point and say, okay, I don't have to be a missionary. Good, that sounds exhausting. You know, I, I'm thankful for that. I only get to be who I am. That is a, there is tremendous liberation and rest in that. But here's the deal, you do need to be that. You do need to be that. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He tells Timothy, Kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. Timothy, get with it. Be who you are. You know, don't hang back. You need to kindle what God has given you. Listen to Peter. As each one of you has received a gift. He doesn't say as some of you have received a gift. Some of you have received some of these abilities to serve in the body of Christ and to be a help and to promote the kingdom. He says, as each one of you, totally inclusive, have received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In other words, 
get to get to ministering what you do have. God has given you some things. The Word of God says every single Christian, without exception, has something to give. And you need to get to giving it. You need to get to giving it. Kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. Don't think, because I don't have gifts that seem to affect the body of Christ like so-and-so. I don't write books. I can't have hospitality three times a day like she has. I can't do this. I can't do that. That you can't do anything. Because you can do something according to the Word of God. You do have gifts, and it's not like these other people over here that are writing books and doing all this stuff that makes them very prominent. Their gifts are somehow more important than yours are. That is simply not the case. Let me just illustrate that. Um, I knew the surgeon who was doing my back surgery, and right before we went into the OR, uh, he brought another guy in the room. He said, I just want you to meet this guy. He has one job during this, during this operation. He said, when we first go in, I'm going to locate a nerve near the surgery site. And when I locate that nerve, I'm going to hand it to him with an instrument. You know? he, and, he, and what his job is, is he, his whole job in life is to hold that nerve out of the way while I do surgery. That, that's all he does. Like for hours on end, he sits there and he holds this little rope-like thing while the surgeon saves the day. That's his job. Now suppose he gets to thinking, you know, here I am, next to this brilliant surgeon, brilliant surgeon, and the only thing I can do all day long is hold a nerve. It's all I can do. But here's the thing. The reason why the doctor brought him in the room to meet me is because that is the greatest risk in this surgery. If somehow the surgeon accidentally hits that nerve, the patient leaves the operating room paralyzed. A seemingly unimportant task that doesn't seem to have much consequence, and yet it affects absolutely everything. Everything. There are no small jobs in the body of Christ. There's just different jobs. Some people's jobs put them in front of other people. Some people's jobs are sitting there holding a nerve while somebody else comes in and saves the day. But the reality of it is this. When time is done and we watch this thing through the eyes of God, you're going to see that it didn't matter. It didn't matter who was the one saving the day. God was working in all of it. And if that guy right there leaves his post, the patient doesn't walk away. No small jobs. Everything is important. And so you need to be what you are. You need to kindle the gift of God afresh within you. It's vitally important. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that you matter for this, to this fellowship? Do you believe that you matter to this fellowship? The Bible says that you do. We don't need what you aren't. We need what you are. And I mentioned this earlier in the small groups and the prayer meetings and these, these times right here. This is not just a deal where we've kind of got, you know, spectators seating out here and a guy comes up here and kind of gives a lecture. A church meeting should be a mutual encouragement. 
Things are being shared during the meeting. Things are being shared before the meeting and after the meeting. People are getting together at lunch and trying to minister to one another. Come to these times ready to try and give something. Meeting with God. Ready to try and pour out your life. It's, we've got to get out of the mentality, if any of it's crept in, that we're coming here to be spectators. We come to listen to sermons and maybe we sing a little bit, but by and large we're on the receiving end. What it means to be a Christian is it means to be a giver. Because that's all we've ever gotten. That's all that's ever happened to us is giving. Christ gives and gives and gives. The Holy Spirit gives and gives and gives. God gives and gives and gives. And what that makes is a bunch of givers themselves. And you've got to be in that mindset. I may not have what they have. That doesn't matter. Grace didn't do that in me because God apparently saw that's not what was needed. And so I need to get with what I have been given. It's very important. So number two, God may not need you, but we sure do. And that's true. God doesn't need you in the proper sense of the word, but the body of Christ does. Can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you? It's rhetorical. Obviously not. The body of Christ needs you, and not just some Christians, but all Christians. All Christians. We don't need what you aren't. We need what you are. So you need to be striving to be all you can for Christ with what He's given you. Number three, you will be what you are by grace. Paul says about all this, yet not I, but grace with me. Grace with me. When he was here, I said, "Brother, how do you how do you how do you keep going? How do you how do you keep yourself together in this?" Because he was sharing some things about his daily schedule, and it's, it's just astounding. I felt pathetic. I felt so pathetic. It's like I need to go home and cut my grass or something. <laughs> it's just astounding what he does and the, the the pace that he's able to keep up. And I said, "Brother, how do you stay together spiritually?" Because I might be able to run myself into the ground, but I would be as dry as the Sahara if I did that. And he said, the secret is this. He said, day by day, I cultivate the sense that God is with me. It's a reality, but I'm cultivating it. That I'm not alone. That it's, it's not like at the beginning of the Christian life, God just kind of wound up the grace watch and then He let you go. It's moment by moment with Jesus. Moment by moment with Jesus. Every moment of my life, every moment of His life, He is entering into the fact that God is with me. I am a branch and a, and a vine that is absolutely inexhaustible. Absolutely inexhaustible. And He's entering into the promises of God. He's believing what is true about Him moment by moment. Grace is not this past event in our life. It is a past event. But grace comes daily, day by day, entering in to what Christ has for us. And that's not just applicable to preachers and teachers. And that's, I keep hammering on that, but it's so important. These things are not just applicable to so-called ministers. 
they're applicable to teachers and construction workers and office workers and everyone in between. I tell you, one of the most encouraging things that I ever see is somebody who has an office job working 8 to 5, just like 98% of the rest of us, who is absolutely saturated with a sense of God. Absolutely saturated with a sense of God. And what is it? Is it that they had this kind of big experience that kind of catapulted them? No, it's this moment by moment with Jesus. That's what makes the difference in everyone. And this is available to all Christians. You don't have to be a missionary to have a sense of God about you and to encourage the body of Christ. And, and that's the thing about this, this particular brother that I mentioned. You know, he has gifts and abilities, and there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But he's not necessarily the most profound preacher you've ever heard. It's just the sense of God about him. The absolute sense of God about this man. God is with this man. Not in the past, but God is with this man right here. And you can see it on his face. He's just got this sense of overflow. I've seen that in office workers. I have seen that in construction workers. I've seen that in all sorts of people. That's not limited to these people you read biographies about that go overseas. That's, that's just the Christian life. But you've got to be pressing in. You've got to be pressing in. The secret to the Christian life, in one sense of looking at it, is living moment by moment with Jesus. Not grace of yesterday. I'm not that manna I got yesterday. You can't hoard it. It will rot if you, ha- if you try and keep it till today. It's day by day with Christ. And you have this sense of God about you. And when people come in contact with you, it's not so much you're looking for, yes, can this person explain these theological concepts? Show me how much hospitality you can accomplish in 24 hours. Or can you do this or can you do that? No, it's just this person. And they're saturated with God. And they're doing what they can. That's what encourages other Christians. It's not, you don't need something new to share. Heavens knows we don't need anything new. What are we, the Athenians? Sitting around always looking for something new? Christians strive on things they've heard hundreds of times because Christians forget the same truth hundreds of times. You don't need something new to share. We don't need anything new. Just come up and share what God has been showing you and what's real. And I promise you, if you're walking with the Lord and you're just doing what's real, you are going to build up the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what your gift or ability is. It's way overplayed. Way overplayed. So these are important. Just to kind of recap, number one, you only need to be what you are. Number two, But you do need to be what you are. You need to get with it. You need to kindle afresh the gift of God in you. And number three, you will be what you are by the grace of God. Living moment by moment with Christ. Believing what is true about you. Striving to enter into these things. And as you do that, God will live His life through you. And God will build up the body of Christ through you. Let's pray.